You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast on a sermon series entitled Breakthrough. The question I'll begin with this morning is, what are you afraid of? What keeps you awake at night? What causes you to doubt God? What are the situations that you try to avoid because it's just too scary to go there? What are you afraid of? For me, I have different fears, different fears that run through my mind. seems continuously, off and on. I fear things like being vulnerable. And these guys I was with at retreat this weekend, they wanted me to share all the time. So I just... Listen to them share. It was great to listen to them be vulnerable. I fear things like aging and death, and I fear tragedy. I think to myself, after losing a wife and a child, Lord, if you bring one more thing, and so that can tend to be crippling and paralyzing. And that's the thing about fear. There's nothing wrong with fear itself. It's a God-given gift from God to help protect us, but when it takes root then it can cause us to lose sight of who God really is. And I know for me, it can affect my relationship with God negatively. It can harm people around me. And so when it comes to fear, I need a breakthrough. And this morning, we're going to look at a man that you could say would never need to be afraid, King David. But yet he had fear. And David needed a breakthrough. And so as we look at the life of David this morning, we're going to see that he was vulnerable with God, that he kept moving toward God in order to combat his fear. And when you leave here this morning, I want you to know that Jesus does care about this topic. And by trusting in him and abiding on him, in him, and by simply being honest with him, You can have a breakthrough. You can break through the power of fear. And so take your Bibles, if you would, and we're going to go to the Old Testament today, and we're going to look at David as an example of someone who was able to combat fear. So turn to Psalm 27, if you would. If you don't have a Bible, grab the one in the seat back in front of you. You'll see this psalm on page 460. You can also use your Ridgewood app, and you just touch media and study guide and to today's date. So here in this incredible psalm, it's an amazing psalm, we'll see King David expose his own fear and we're going to gain tools in our own lives to help us break through fear. And the tools that David uses in this prayer that he prays in Psalm 27 are, first of all, confidence in the God who saved him. He knew who this God was. He was confident in his salvation. Secondly, he's honest and vulnerable with God. And you'll see him just pour his heart out to God. And then thirdly, he finds victory because of a persevering faith. And we're going to learn a lot from David today. So David, of course, was Israel's first king. And he was 
Even today, people in Israel will tell you the greatest king that Israel's ever had. He was a prolific psalmist. And the psalm we're going to read in a moment will again just remind us of what an amazing writer he was. He wrote 73 of the 150 psalms. But here's some interesting things that strike me when I think of David. I had the opportunity, and if you've been in Israel, you have probably, at least recently, it's a fairly recent site, has stood in the palace of David in the old city. Now, this is an amazing place because you walk inside these walls and you can just picture David that he may have actually written these psalms right there, somewhere in that structure. And it's an amazing connection with this amazing man. But what's even more striking in this next image is when you get the context of where this is. You see out over this terrace, this is the old city of Jerusalem. This is the highest point in that city. This was a fortress. And so here you have the most powerful man in the land. He's surrounded by mighty man of valor. He's in the safest location that you could possibly be. But he was afraid. And so I think to myself, if David struggled with fear, then this is a human condition that we must all struggle with. And I know I do. Even David needed a breakthrough. And so as we look at Psalm 27, keep in mind that this is a man that had to move toward God because he was struggling with some of the same things that we do. And within this song of lament, we're going to see this happen. So here's what we're going to start with this morning, this point. That you can break through fear by having confidence in the God who saved you. This was David's first tool. Confidence in the God that saved him. God has saved you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you can have confidence in his power too. So let's take a look at Psalm 27. The Psalms, literally the hymn book of Israel. They sang these Psalms. And David begins on a high note here in verse 1. And we'll read 1 through 6. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil assails me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Verse 4, one thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. So you just see this confidence in the God who saved him beginning to ring through the psalm. In verses 1 through 3, David reminds us that it is this confidence that dispels fear. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. And in the Hebrew, stronghold 
simply means a strong and fortified place. God for you is a strong and fortified place. David knew that the Lord was the light of his salvation. Whom shall I fear, he writes. And in order to conquer fear, we must remember that it is the strength of the power of God that can help us to break through, not our own striving or our own strength. In verses 4 through 6, David helps us understand that communion with God is what brings this confidence. David's goal was to live in the presence of God. He has this desire to dwell in the house of the Lord, and that refers to public worship. And you hear him refer to these things here. Culturally, that would have been a temple or a tent. He wanted to be in God's presence. And when we talk about being in a community group, when we talk about coming to church, we're not being legalistic. We're trying to help you connect with others in a place that you can walk together and that you can commune together and you can praise God together and you can be in a public presence of God so that you can help break through the bondage of fear and you can help others do the same thing. David reflected in the 23rd Psalm, very famous, but it's a beautiful section that is very reminiscent of this Psalm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see David's heart there. He wants to be in the house of the Lord. He wants to be with God, the one who saved him. And then we see this same theme being resurrected in the New Testament as well. And I, I love this because this should speak right to your heart. These are the words of Jesus as recorded by Luke. He wants to be in our presence too. And so he says, fear not, little flock. Love that terminology. You're his little flock. He loves you. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So you can take heart in the fact that you have this immense God who loves his sheep. And, and no good shepherd allows harm to come to his sheep. And so here we see this beautiful picture of David moving toward God. And now we see in the New Testament this idea of Jesus taking care of his sheep, guarding his sheep, protecting his sheep, caring for his sheep, and dying for his sheep. Because Jesus has already given his life for us. And so what do you have to fear? And so the first tool we see here is a confidence in the God who saved David. Listen, you don't have to wonder if God is big enough, or if he is present. He is there. He's not going anywhere. It's the same God that David prayed to, and now we've been given the gift of Jesus Christ, and that's who we move toward. Secondly, we can break through fear by being earnest and honest with God. Why hold anything back? Why pretend? God can read your mind and your heart. The Bible's very clear on that. But here, David isn't going to hold back. He had problems. He had enemies. Look at verses 7 through 12. He legitimately needed a breakthrough. Verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. 
My heart says to you, your face, O Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. And so here you have this urgency in the prayer of David. He's got real fear and real enemies, and he's praying with downright honesty. Look at verse 8. Your face, Lord, do I seek. So we're back to that idea of moving into the presence of God. David's heart was to be with God. But there's more honesty in verse 9. David didn't want God to reject him. He knew his flaws. He knew he was a deeply flawed man. And he was afraid that God, because of those flaws, would turn him over to his enemies. They were sworn to destroy him, but David knew where to turn. He turned directly to God. This was David's stronghold. But that vulnerability just comes through. And what happens when you're vulnerable with God is you begin to hear your own vulnerability and you begin to get it on the table and deal with it instead of trying to hide. And so the question for all of us is where do we turn when we feel life closing in? When we're running up against obstacles? When life seems dark and difficult and the road ahead seems unmanageable? Where do we turn? Now, it's easy in our culture to, to, to look over at well, substance abuse. Most of us aren't doing that, I hope. We look at pornography. That's a numbing thing that many are struggling with. But we can get numb by so many good things, too. And we turn to the wrong things sometimes. We get over busy. We, we, we work hard in the church. We, we tend to expect our spouse or our kids to alleviate the fear that we carry around inside of us. Where did David turn? He turned to God. And how did he turn there? He turned there with really stark vulnerability. And one thing I've learned in my prayer life is that it's okay to get your feelings out. And God is not going to be offended. Because not every day is going to be bright and sunny in the morning. It's going to be dark at times. And so God wants us to commune with him in that way. And so that we can begin to experience him. But here's the thing I think most people use as their biggest crutch. And that is the secure life that they feel like they've built around them. So we've got things constructed the way we want. We've got enough money in the bank. We, we've, we, we've pretty much got the friends we need. We have a good church. We're, we're secure now. And when we look over at the Bahamas and we say, oh, those poor people, like, they don't have the infrastructure we have, and that's horrible, and we're all grieving for that, but, oh, thank goodness that won't happen here, and I feel secure. We live in Minnetonka, for crying out loud. What could possibly happen? But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says when we turn other places besides God, this is fool's gold, and especially material things. I love this Proverbs. 
this proverb, because it starts out, you kind of go, yeah, a rich man's wealth is his strong city. Yeah, 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 cool. I like that because we can gain wealth. Some of us can. And like a high wall, uh uh-oh, in his imagination. (laughs) In other words, it's fake. The only place that you're going to find security The only place that's going to alleviate you of fear, the only place that you're going to be able to get your footing is in the presence of God. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you deal with your fear and if you're vulnerable with God. We are the best at self-deceit. And so one one of the advantages of being vulnerable with God is, again, we have to deal with our own fear. And so here, David is going before God And he's in this pre-Messianic era. Jesus hadn't come yet, yet this is a Messianic psalm, meaning that it has strong allusions to Christ. We live in the church age, and so we have Christ. And so we can move toward our Lord and Savior, the shepherd of his little flock. And so David understands this, and he's on his knees. He said, teach me. Don't forsake me. Don't turn away from me. Don't cast me off. Be gracious to me. Breakthroughs over fear come when we have confidence in the power of God. When we are vulnerable with God. And then thirdly, I would say that breakthrough comes when we exercise our persevering faith. Faith is so important. It's not faith itself. It's the one that we have faith in. And so I would be saying here in verses 13 to 14 that this is a phrase I want you to remember when you leave here, that faith destroys fear. Faith destroys fear. Again, it's not our faith that wins the day. It's remembering who we have faith in. Look at verse 13. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. That is faith. And, and, and David here was, was, was saying, I don't have to wait till I die to have peace. I don't have to be in Sheol to meet God. I can meet God right here in the land of the living. There's hope for today. And I love, as believers, that we can, we can sing about and talk about the hope of heaven, which is marvelous and fantastic, and, and we should long to be there. That's where our citizenship lies. But at the same time, we don't have to wait to die to, to experience God. And here, here David is saying that I will see him in the land of the living. But how? Be strong and wait Be strong and wait, because faith destroys fear. Scripture is full of passages that help us to understand this idea of God's power and His providence, and we can read some of them this morning and just reinforce our faith. We start in the book of Joshua. Have I not commanded you? I love that. Um, Have I not suggested... Have I not thrown this on the table? Have I not, like, steered you? No. Have I not commanded? Be strong and courageous. 
Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You have a hard meeting? You're laying alone at night, grieving? You're afraid of what tomorrow's going to bring? He's with you wherever you go. The book of Isaiah is a great place to land when we're just girding ourselves up. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you within my righteous right hand. Do you believe that, or is this for somebody else? Do you believe that he can hold you up? Still in Isaiah 41.13, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. What do children do when they're on their way to school, when they're walking with their parents? They hold hands. What does that give the child? A sense of security and safety. This is what God is offering us. I hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Not your faults, gods. Not your, your, the things you build out in the desert to worship. I help you. Then we turn back to the Psalms again. David, when I am afraid, what do I do? I put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? What can people do to me? What can men or women do to me? This is the idea of being in the presence of God because all of our annoying fears, they become smaller when the power of God expands in our minds. And then this verse in 2 Timothy is so familiar but so powerful. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. So as believers in Jesus Christ, we can walk forward in confidence. We don't have to shrink back. Whether we're trying to share our faith or whether here at Ridgewood we're going, wow, like we've made a big commitment to do this whole big project. Can we walk forward in faith? 100%. Is God going to do everything we want? Maybe not. But can we trust him to do the best thing? Absolutely. That's what it means to walk in faith. These verses are powerful verses. And that's just the beginning of scriptural promises. But they help us understand the power of faith to overcome fear. These verses call us to trust in God's promises and in his providence. And God's providence is very simply the acknowledgement that he is in control of everything. You know, I, I just wonder what it would be like not to believe that. Because for me, at the darkest times in my life, I can just go, you know what? This is horrible, but God is sovereign. And nothing can defeat him. Nothing can defy him. Nothing can thwart him. Nothing can stop him from doing what he needs to do to build his kingdom. There are no other gods before him. What are we afraid of? There's nothing that can steal us away from the power of God. Can people hurt us? Yes. Will people kill us for our faith? Maybe. Are there Christians getting killed for their faith? Yes. But can Satan steal the soul? No. Can Satan steal joy? Only if we let him. And so David was afraid, and so he prayed. 
and, and, and he, he came before God with confidence. He was vulnerable. He, he poured his heart out. And then he persevered. Wait for the Lord. Just wait. It's coming. It's, but, you know, faith isn't like, our Christian lives isn't like the drive through at McDonald's, you know? Like, thank goodness. But it doesn't just come to our car after we pay. We've got to wait because God's working. And so I want to give you some practical ways as you go today that you can access this power that breaks through fear. Because it's one thing to kind of know about it, but here are some ways that we've learned from David just to, to summarize. First of all, in order to break through fear, you must pray. This isn't, um, this isn't essential. Because I'm talking here not about a casual sort of, ah, I think I might pray today kind of prayer. I'm talking about a go to war and fight kind of prayer. But if you don't pray, you're not going to get to know God. And if you don't get to know God, you're not going to have peace and you're going to live a fearful life. Secondly, in order to break through fear, you must know God's promises. David prayed. David knew the promises of God. What I would suggest you do is you take some of those verses we've just outlined, you take some other verses that you know, you just go Google promises of God and put them in your phone or in a notebook, and when you're laying there in the middle of the night and you're scared to death, you just start paging through those promises. When you're on a plane and you're getting thrown around and you're terrified, just start paging through the promises. When you're afraid that your spouse is going to leave you or that your child's never going to come around, just start paging through the promises. Some of you see me on my phone down there. I'm not checking scores yet because the games haven't started. But what I'm doing is I'm paging through the promises of God. And so I would suggest that you do that too because that's what reinforces faith. You've got to pray. You need to know the promises of God. And then thirdly, what we learned from David today, that in order to break through fear, remember the power of your Savior. And to do that, we can just go back to Psalm 27 and begin where we started today in verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? See, there's the truth right there. You're the Lord's. You don't have to be afraid. You don't need to live a life of fear. You don't have to be owned by fear. You don't have to live in bondage to fear. Because fear is a very real thing. It's something that I struggle with all of the time. But I'm learning. I'm learning that God is bigger than the things I'm afraid of. And so I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it is vulnerability. Maybe it is aging or death. Maybe it is, Lord, I can't take one more thing in my life. On the way to men's retreat on Friday, I stopped and I looked in on my former mother-in-law's home. She, she's the mother of, of my wife, Jody, who passed away. And as I walked up to the house, I got this overwhelming sensation of, I can't take one more tragedy. But that's not true. It's fear. 
So what would happen if I believed that fear? I would cower up and be no use of anyone. Maybe it's the fear of disappointing God. Listen, you don't have to fear that. God already knows you. And while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. So this morning, I want you to know that God holds all the power in his hands. God loves you. You are his little flock. And so this morning, I want you to leave with a sense of confidence and courage that you are in the hands of an almighty, sovereign, powerful, loving God. So what are you afraid of? What keeps you awake at night? What causes you to pull away from God? What causes you to doubt God? Why don't you just take a moment and pray and ponder that question. And maybe there's something that's just right in front of you that you can offer to God and say, I need help. I need help. And let God minister to you. And then I'll give you a minute to do that and then I'll close in prayer. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. We encourage you to receive the message that was just given and let the Lord do a mighty work in and through you. For more information on how to connect, give to this ministry, or for more faith-based resources, visit us at myrwc.org.